Blog Talk Radio.
judgment comes upon the law. No time to waste, run to the cross. Drunk for lies of his age. Feels too smart to believe. Trade their future for their lust. Blindly passing, they call you to join them. Fall into the order that Satan has designed. Men getting ready to sell their soul for a chance to receive his mind. Father God, thank you, Father God, thank you, Father God, thank you for your mercy, thank you for your mercy, thank you for your mercy, Father, we praise you. Father, we praise you for the days that we're in right now, and while it's, the scripture is very clear, it says to consider it a, a total joy, uh, that whenever we're facing trials and tribulations of any kind, that that, it, that this type of testing will, you know, just pr- promote our, and produce perseverance and faith and patience. And, Father, we just, we we have to come to a place in our walk. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Many of us already have, and many of us believe we're there, or at least I thought I was. And then, I, you know, something new comes along and kind of spooks us a little bit, and uh, we realize that we're not quite as cozy in the presence of the secret place of the most high as we ought to be because you know we 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 have we fall into the flesh a little bit and we get a little bit nervous and scared about the things we see happening around us father i thank you for the jesus calling um a blessing and anointing that i received which says you are always there to comfort me and encourage me i like to think i like to think about david in the bible even when men were threatening to attack and stone him he found strength in you lord I can do what David did. I can come to you in prayer and remember how awesome you are. And, Father, we can. Thank you for bringing us to a place where when we get nervous and upset about the things that are happening around us, and not just the things that are happening on a global scale, the threats of the World Economic Forum, the CBDCs, the social credit scores, the collapsing of the banking system, the imminent World War III, and I'm talking about tangible, not just the uh, directed energy weapons and the things that they're using to slaughter mankind around us, to make Psalm 91 become a reality in our walk. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Oh, praise you, Jesus, Father, we pray in Jesus' name.
that you will bring us to that place where every single morning that we awaken, that we are, that's the thing that we're looking the most forward to. May we wake up at four o'clock in the morning if that is our time. May we wake up at five o'clock in the morning if that is our time. Three, whatever it is, Lord, that calls us to to your presence. Let us dwell in that secret place of the Most High. Let us understand, Father God, and we pray in the name of Jesus, please, that when we are feeling stressed out, when we are looking at the uh, the things that are happening around us and it's creating anxieties, and yes, we were admonished in your scripture and, and indeed told by our Lord Jesus that, you know, this day in and of itself is enough to, for us to deal with and we should not be concerned about tomorrow. And we understand that, but it's easier said than done, as you know, Father God. God, as you certainly know, Jesus, because you went through horrible things here on this earth, and we just praise you for that on our behalf. And Father, we just thank you, and we pray that you will draw us into that secret place, that we will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. We will say unto you, Father, you're our refuge, our fortress, and that in you we will trust. Father, we thank you for making Psalm 91 not only our, our banner, our mantra, but also helping us to understand that it reads just like a newspaper. And that the Olivet Discourse, Mark 13, Luke 21, and Matthew 24, are all absolutely also read like a newspaper and we are we have come to a time right now where everything that we see happening around us pretty much either prophesies projects uh, uh, whether it's a form of druidism uh, lesser magic satanism whatever it is uh, whatever you want to call it whatever form of evil that you want to refer to it as father we just pray in the name of Jesus that you will continue to reveal to our hearts that these are the times that we are in right now we have to walk this very dastardly journey and just continue to keep our hearts and minds stayed on things above and not on things of this world, Colossians 3, 2, and understand that if we are dwelling on uh, whatever things are pure, whatever things are good, whatever things are of a good report, anything that is pure, the things above, and understand that we are not from here, that our citizenship is in heaven, and to dwell in that secret place in the Most High, to close our eyes when we feel stressed, to close our eyes when we see the horrid, I mean, absolute horrid abominations that are happening across this world. Father, we just pray that we close our eyes and immerse ourselves in that incredible peace, that peace which passes all understanding in the presence of the Godhead as a part of the Godhead. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray and thank you. Thank you, Father. Amen.
Well, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Um, so, uh, wow. So when you look at the things that are happening around the world right now, and it hasn't changed, it's just uh, ever increasing, I would say. Um, the uh, I, I refer to them frequently as the black walls of <laughs> Satan kind of closing in on us. Now we know exactly. You know, I didn't know before. I'm going to be straight up. I had no idea when Jesus said, you know, if I had not cut those days short, uh, there would be no flesh saved. You know, when when Jesus had said that, and I've read it many times, I know many of us have, of course, multiple times, um, you, you know, you, uh, you, you might it might echo through your heart, those words, and you might wonder, I wonder when, when those days are. And I've, I've heard over the years, and I think many of us have heard over the years, so many hypotheses and theories about that. Oh, I think what Jesus was talking about was that, you know, the earth will start to spin at a different speed, and so that would cause the days to get shorter, even though we would perceive it on our clocks, you know, as a 24-hour day or whatever. I've had a lot of people write me about that and all kinds of, you know, expanded um, theoretical kind of, you know, analysis on it and, you know, trying to tie it back to, um, you know, co- cosmology, et cetera. And, um, you know, and I, I was like, yeah, that, that's kind of cool. Yeah, oh, that's kind of cool. You know, no problem there. You know, it's um, I always like to hear folks' different ideas about things. Um, but uh, anyway, um, praise God, uh, um, I, you know, so anyway, um, now we know when we look around us, uh, we can see um, the things that are happening across the world. We can see, for example, I was talking with Sister Paula, um, just chattering, you know, ch- chatting back and forth um, over text messengers um, and, sh- and, you know, showing her a few things, you know, just back, like I said, just, you know, showing, you know, I'll show you this, I'll, you know, she shows me that, that kind of thing. And um, uh, she was like, wow, they are really trying to slaughter us. And, um, and I, I, you know, brought back to her recollection, you know, the, 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 the statement that Jesus had made, which, uh, you know, if I had not cut those days short, no flesh would have been saved. Well, if you think about it, you think about the pandemics, you think about the biological weapon warfare that they're ramping up so fast that you can't keep your, I mean, everybody's talking about it. Russia's Ministry of Defense is talking about it. They have at least four articles out, I think, in the last three days in regard to that. Um, there's another article that was just recently recently released that uh, says that the enormous and horrific uptick in leprosy that is occurring in the United States is linked directly to the COVID vaccines and, of course, the booster shots. So basically, they injected as I think many of us know, um, a whole portfolio of various horrific, biblical, uh, deadly, uh, devastating diseases that have long uh, since essentially disappeared from the earth, and now they're coming back gangbusters uh, because they're, you know, they're not essentially, but they are actually injecting people's bodies um with these um contagions these bioweapons so they you know so hiv turbo cancers uh, myocarditis uh you know leprosy is one there's a whole i mean i really don't think i could possibly write down all of the 
incredibly horrific sicknesses that they have successfully injected. So not only did, did the formulization of the booster shots, et cetera, um, call them whatever you want to, um, the, you know, the bioweapons that they injected into people, not only did they um, uh, you know, greatly diminish the human immune system and essentially create a type of AIDS into the um, people, which, by the way, was one of the first uh, um, uh, uh, verbal analysis that I played back in 2020 in the early – I think it was around January of 2020. It, it was definitely within the first three months of the, you know, quote, quote unquote, pandemic uh, release of the bioweapon across mankind. Okay, and there was a uh, – I forget what his name was, but um, there was a fellow uh, that was um, from, I think, the University of Pennsylvania, um, and he had come out and explained um, – you know, what his analysis of the uh, pandemic, you know, the COVID-19 thing was. Um, and it was fascinating because really when you think about it, when you, if you re- recollect, and you may very well not recollect, because that, you know, in the grand scheme of all the end times news, this is going so far back in time, it, 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 you know, it's almost like watching an old, you know, <laughs> rendition of Jurassic Park. But anyway, I'm going to go ahead just for grins and giggles. Now I have to hold on just a second. I got to double check my cables and schmables and gizmos. and Okay, good. All right. I do have uh, the connectors and the uh, switches in the right position, which is awesome. Praise the Lord. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and play this guy. Um, this is going back. No, I got to squint my eyes and roll forward here. Yeah, December of 2020. So I don't really remember. So forgive me, please. Um, I don't really remember um, where the United States, I'm not trying to be you know, United States of Babylon, the great centric here. You know, I know I, I when I talk to people from Spain, they're very Spain centric. When I talk to people from Belgium, they're very Belgium centric. When I talk to people from Canada, they're very Canada centric. That's normal. I mean, after all, it is where we live and it's where the laws of the land come down and haunt each and every one of us in our own horrific sort of ways, okay? So wherever it is that we live, of course, we're going to be quite centric on the things of the land in which we live in. So if we're in New Zealand, we're going to be very New Zealand-centric, you know, whatever, you know, hopefully you're following along, and I know that you are. So before I play this particular doctor's uh, uh, warning, and his name is Dr. James Lyons-Weller of the PA Medical Freedom Press Conference, Um, Before I play that, just to bring you back in time a little bit, I'd like to ask a special favor, if you would. If you would, please, if you could make a note for me, um, you know, it says in, um, and hold on just a second, I have to, I really have to squint my eyes, it's been a long day. Um, Praise God, thank you, Jesus. I know it's been a long day for many of us. I dorked up, I mean, I make so many mistakes, I I wonder how I can even breathe sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So anyway, um, you know, just to remind you, and I think this is real important for all of us, First Samuel twelve twenty three. Sister Nancy shared this with me one time, and I was like, I was blown away because there's no verse like this anywhere in the New Testament, and it's just beautiful. And it says in First Samuel 12, verse 23, Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord, 
in ceasing to pray for you. So there, therein lies a, a kind of a call to each of our hearts to do the very best that we can uh, to keep lists. You know, I do. Um, I'm a big fan of the application called Keep, K-E-E-P. You can load it on your phone. You can have multiple, um, like I have my normal everyday Johnny, you know, uh, account that I use for daily stuff, you know, home administration, uh, dealing with vendors and people that mow my lawn and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I have my Johnny Baptist account, jbaptist777 at gmail.com, which I use for the ministry work, right? But um, each one of those has their own Keep, K-E-E-P, application. Uh, and I loaded it on my cellular phone, and it's just – I just adore it. I love that application so very much because I'm a Post-it note sort of a guy. I always have been. I have If, if at any time I have less than 12 or so Post-it notes – you know, like I have right now, I'm looking at a yellow post-it note that says transfer X number of dollars over to my checking account. Well, that's because I bought tickets to take my my daughter and myself up to see my family in Pennsylvania this Christmas. Well, that's a long story, and I, I made so many mistakes and trashed my half my Saturday over the dork-ups, the goof-ups that I made. It's just I, I'm the king of mistakes. That's all there is to it. I just make mistakes left and right. But anyway – I'm going to ask a special favor, so I'm going to play a little uh, trumpet fanfare here. Ow. Boy, that really hurts my ears. i got to learn how to turn that thing down. The (laughs) The problem with the soundboard, you know, you can't – the actual audio volume of each sound clip takes on its own life. And uh, anyway, they're all trying to blow my ears out. But anyway, um, it's a special request, if you would please, if, you, if you're one of those believers that is a – one of those believers that feels passionately about praying for other believers, uh, praying for one another, um, then if you would please, tomorrow morning when you pray, if you would just – even if it's just a, a very short – 10-second mention to the Lord on my behalf, would you please pray for me? I made a stupid mistake on Friday, and I could get in a lot of trouble for it. Um, It was really just an oversight, a really dumb – they call it an igna second. And, um, yeah, I had an igna second around 4 o'clock, 4.15 p.m. on Friday, and it ruined my whole weekend because I've been just, like, praying all weekend long. Father, please, in the name of Jesus, let it, you know, let it not turn into anything, any big – a big deal. So if you would please um, lift me up and ask the Lord, even if it's just for five seconds, please ask – our Heavenly Father, if um, once again, if he would supernaturally and divinely protect my job. I know I ask for this an awful lot, but this world that we live in right now, and the, and particularly the, the type of work that I do, is very precarious. Um, the type of work that I do, these companies are laying people off at astonishing rates. And the reason for that is because the companies that we service are laying people off at 
astonishing rate. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so you can see that interconnection there. But anyway, I had an ignisec and I did something really dumb. And um, anyway, um, please just lift me up if you would tomorrow morning, even if it's just for one sentence to the Lord and ask Him to forgive me for being a dum dum and to pre please protect my job and that my client would have good favor for me. Okay? Just that they would love me, have good favor for me, totally forgive me for dorking up and everything would be okay. If you would do that for me, God bless you. And I and I will say this again and again and again because it's true. When I I'm not allowed to get on my knees, which upsets me. <laughs> of all the things, <laughs> after getting my meniscus surgery, and by the way, it did not go well. Um, you know, now, 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 let, let me be clear. Let me, because I'm not being clear, and that's not fair. A lot of people asked me because they were praying for me. They wanted an update. You know, they wanted a praise report. Did the surgery go well? The surgery went well. Am I walking okay now? Out of pain. I am walking okay now. Out of pain. However, comma, unfortunately, my meniscus is worn way down. Normally, there's about four years after you get your meniscus surgery before they have to do a, a knee replacement surgery. But that has everything to do with, do you play tennis? Are you a high-speed runner? What kind of impact do you put on your knees? Well, praise the Lord, I'm none of the above, so I'm just a low, low-impact elliptical trainer sort of a guy. So anyway, that's a good thing. But the Ignis second that I had on Friday was a dumb, dumb thing. So please pray for me about that, if you would. And also, please know this. Know that even though right at this moment until I get the, I don't know what you want to call it, the checkered flag, rave, whatever the color the flag is, when I go back in on September 11th to meet with the surgeon, they're going to give me the final word on what I can and can't do. And, of course, a portfolio of warnings. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Now, um, I don't know what those are going to be, and I have to wait till September 11th to get to them. But I want you to know that when I say that I pray for a tenfold anointing to fall upon every single person that so much as mentions me by name in prayer, oh, I do. And I, I am leaning into that prayer when I'm praying it. I am in tears. I am seeking God fervently. I don't pray uh, mamby-pamby prayers. I am absolutely, when it says, you know, dwelling in the secret place of the Most High, let me tell you something, folks. I am anointed up with oil. I am leaning into the Lord, and it is, it's a wonderful thing. It's beautiful. And I pray for every listener of this program, past, present, and future, very, very fervently. And anyone who so much as mentions me in prayer, I am praying for an anointing of divine protection, protection over your job, salvation of your loved ones. I am praying for you. And I pray that you are praying for me. And also remember people like Sammy and, and Terry Hill and all the other folks that come on our program as well. Um, we all need prayer. We all do. But I dorked up on Friday real good, and I could get in a lot of trouble for it because it was a really stupid thing I wasn't thinking. And um, unfortunately, like I said, in, in the type of work that I do, um, you know, things can happen that 
are very unexpected. So thank you for your prayers. I just want to praise Jesus for every single one of the people that listen to this program. Whether you are five shows behind, ten shows behind, listen only to podcasts, listen to the shows always live, whoever, whatever type of a listener you are, I adore and I love you deeply. I mean that from the very bottom of my heart. I would never, ever – look, I'm not perfect. I, I dork up probably more than – more than you could ever imagine in your wildest dreams, I dork up. I am the dorkiest dorking up dork source that you could ever possibly imagine. All right, praise God. So again, thank you. I am lifting you up in prayer, and I pray please also lift me up in prayer too. I just need to get through this week, get things settled with this client, and I, you know, I dorked up. I made a mistake. So anyway, thank you for your prayers in regard to that. And I'm going to go ahead and erase that off my prayer request list (laughs) and just trust that uh, some of you will be kind enough to do that for me. Praise God. I am such a huge believer in prayer. I'm not going to get into the really super ultra personal things, but I will tell you that I I have – uh, at the beginning of this year, around, around about January, I had about one, two, I would estimate approximately four behavioral issues in my walk that would keep surfacing up. They would keep coming back to haunt me. And um, I couldn't, I was really having a hard time shaking them. But then it was impressed upon my heart how Abraham, Abraham had to wait, you know, until the last nanosecond before God told him not to kill Isaac, right? That was a test. Well, that same test is levied upon all of us. And so when we lift up, like say we have a, uh, maybe we have a bad habit and we do X, Y, and Z. And we do X, Y, and Z on a pretty regular basis. And we're trying to not do X, Y, and Z. We don't want to do it anymore. You want to say, dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, please, I need help. I am having the doggondest time not getting rid of this problem, and I need your help. I need you to lift me up, Lord Jesus. I need this to be a a team effort. I pray in Jesus' name I turn this behavior over to you. I don't want anything to do with it. I want Titus 115 to be who I am, to the pure, all things are pure, and I need your help. I am praying always to be found worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth and stand before you at the wedding supper. Praise your holy name. Please, please, Lord, help me. And then every day I would wake up at four o'clock in the morning, give or take, and my feet would hit the ground. My dogs are running in circles because they're excited they're going to get their meat in the morning, which is, you know, that's their big, you know, moment. And my hands go right up and I'm like, praise you, Father. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for taking away this struggle that I have with X, Y, and Z. I thank you for helping me all all along the way. I know you're going to take it away. I know you're going to take away all those desires. I know you're going to take away the thoughts that enter my head. And I know that you're going to help me overcome all of these, you know, whatever these things may be. Praise God in advance and mean it from the bottom of your heart, knowing beyond any shadow of a doubt that he is going to take away that problem for you. Okay. And it will eventually just kind of melt away. Now I'm here to tell you folks, To my absolute astonishment, things that I had been praying over for four, five, six years went away. They just went away. 
Um, and that is uh, because when I finally put two and two together and I realized, okay, wait a minute, look what happened with Abraham. He had to wait until the last millisecond before the, you know, he was told that, that he didn't have to kill uh, uh, Isaac. That's the uh, quintessential test of our Heavenly Father. Okay? All right, praise God. So we all are subject to that exact type of test in all of our prayers. We never want to give up. There's even a, I, I forget who it was who said this, and I have it in my witticisms list in my keep. But it says something along the line of, uh, oh gosh, I wish I could remember it, but it's something, it says, at the very moment that we stop praying for something, that is the moment that the Lord was about to give us the answer to our prayer prayer. Excuse me, but I have um, <laughs> got a little bit of indigestion, so I might be struggling with a few hiccups along the way. But anyway, praise. Uh, I just wanted to say it works. You got to stick with it. You can't give up. You never stop praying. You always praise, and you believe. I mean, really, pray, when you're praising, you truly, truly believe. In fact, you know you're going to receive it. And I'm I'm telling you, I'm flabbergasted. Now, you can say, oh, ye of little faith, okay? Uh, you, you know what I mean? And, you know, hey, Johnny, you should have known that. You should have been praising God. You know, you should have. But the problem is we all were people. You know, yeah, we're going through a sanctification process. We're getting a little bit better and better, I hope. I hope in our walks a little bit better every day, maybe every week. It might, for some of us, it's faster than others. It depends. But at the end of the day, when you come to that place, no matter how desperate things look, and you can close your eyes. Like, you know, I had to print out. I, I, I actually printed out and laminated that little Jesus Calling thing where it says, You are always there to comfort me and encourage me, Father. I like to think about David in the Bible. Even when men were threatened to attack and stone him, he found strength in you, Lord. I can do what David did. I can come to you in prayer and remember how awesome you are. And Father, you have saved us all so many times. If each and every one of us realized how many times God saved our lives, saved our jobs, over our lifespan, we would be stupefied. Stupefied means so blown away that you can't even form a sentence. That's what that means, stupefied. Sometimes you're sitting at a, a traffic light, and you really are in a hurry. And the cars move along when the light turns green. You're trying to make a left. And they're moving toward the intersection. And then three cars prior to you, you getting into the intersection, the light turns red and you have to stop and you have to suffer through a whole nother cycle. Here in Tampa, that can actually be five, six, seven, or eight minutes. There are some intersections that are absolutely unbelievably slow, <laughs> very slow. Anyway, thank you for praying for me. I promise you I am praying for you, and we all need to be praying for one another because we're the 1,000-milligram red pill group. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know how else to put it, but this program is definitely the 1,000-milligram red pill group. 
Okay, we are, um, you know, um, hey, we're getting, you know, we're, we are from the island of misfit toys. We we were kicked off the island by King <laughs> Moonraiser or whatever, and and we are floating around on a little chunk of ice in the in the uh, Berean Sea. I mean, really, I'm not, from an analogy standpoint, it's so true. Praise God. So anyway, I just wanted to thank you. Um, and yes, they are slaughtering us. And yes, now we know, beyond any shadow of a doubt, why Jesus said, if those days had not been cut short, no flesh would have been saved. We know now it's not, it has nothing to do with the earth slowing down or speeding up or whatever the case is. It's not cosmology. It has nothing to do with any of that. We know now, because we're living it, precisely what Jesus was talking about. He was talking about the days that we live in now. So we know that he's going to cut short the days that we are in now, and he's going to come back for the, especially the barley harvest very, very soon. Very, very soon. I'm sorry, did I say very, very soon? Very, very soon. So now is the time to raise your hands, give glory to God, praise his name, and thank him continuously every single day continue to pray that he helps you with whatever problems and issues and feelings that you have in your heart that you want to get rid of pray always to be found worthy to be found worthy to escape all these things it doesn't mean it doesn't mean you're worthy on your own account it means that the lord finds you worthy because you're really putting a serious deep felt heartfelt effort forth to get yourself as pure as you possibly can through the refiner's fire and to please our Father and to praise his holy name. So let's all always try to remember to lift each other up because we're, we're living in some pretty dark days and the devil is out to get every single one of us. And I can only imagine from the very bottom of my heart, really, when I think about it, how busy do you think the, um, the throne room of God is right now? I mean, I just imagine the four and twenty elders, like you know, periodically running into the throne room, going, "Excuse me, excuse me, we have another emergency down on Earth," you know. <laughs> but you know, I do have a little bit of a vivid imagination, so you know. But I, you know, when I really think about it, it could be just like that. Praise God. All right, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. I'm looking at the time, and I want to give Sister Turi as much time as I possibly can. I, I will play a little bitty bit of, because I promised I would, of Dr. James Lyons-Walker of the PA Medical Freedom Press Conference from all the way back in 2020. Like I said, I do not remember how far along COVID was uh, in the United States of Babylon the Great, because remember, it spread across the world, you know, the world uh, kind of in, at different rates of speed in different countries, et cetera. Um, but anyway, let's listen to this. Let's go back in time. This is approximately, well, it's Dagnabbit. It's almost about three full years ago at this point, almost. All right, let's take a listen. This is fascinating. Our uh, third expert that uh, traveled from not New York or Michigan, but right here from the Pittsburgh area here in Pennsylvania, and has been with us before. We appreciate him coming back to the Capitol today to share his expertise. Dr. Lyons Weiler is a research scientist, author, and president and CEO of the Institute for Pure and Applied Knowledge. Thank you, Doctor, for coming. Thank you. Representative Metcalf, I want to thank the media for being here and thank everyone online for sharing this across all social platforms. Uh, I'm an objective research scientist and I have two main points that I want to drive home. The first one is the number 21%. I want you to remember that number and write it down. It's a very, very important number to you if you're an American citizen. 
The second thing that, and I'll get to that in a minute, the second thing that I want to say is I'm not here in support of any particular bill. I run a not-for-profit, and I can't say yay or nay on my opinion. What my personal opinion is is muted, and I don't mind that, but I can condemn the politicization of your health, the politicization and the commoditization of the American citizen's health, Pennsylvania citizen's health, is not a commodity. It is neither a monetary commodity, nor is it a political commodity. And shame on you if you have changed your position or held on to a position in the light of evidence from data from studies that tell you that your position is wrong simply because you disagree with President Trump. Shame on you. You're hurting people. You're hurting society. You're destroying businesses. Shame on you. Now that I got that out, I can talk about some science. Okay, historically, coronaviruses, uh, vaccines for coronaviruses have had a terrible safety record. Uh, there is a condition known as disease enhancement due to pathogenic priming. And this was discovered in vaccinated animals in past vaccine safety studies. When they did conduct vaccine safety studies on animals on coronavirus vaccines, where vaccinated animals got more serious disease after being vaccinated and then when they acquired an infection from the wild-type vaccine, more of animals got serious infections, serious conditions, and more animals died. In my peer-reviewed research paid for the citizens of the United States of America through donations to IPAC, prior to the development of any COVID vaccines, I found that all but one of the proteins in the SARS-CoV-2 virus have what we call unsafe epitopes. Right? which are parts of proteins that are capable of causing immune conditions, autoimmune conditions, and immune responses against proteins in our own body. Okay, so for the sake of time, now you can find that on tribulation-now.org, and you got to scroll down to like about the third page down. But anyway, uh, and listen to the whole thing. It's 14 minutes long. It's absolutely fabulous, and it's amazing. It's astonishing that this guy, uh, Dr. Lyons Weller, um, knew about all these things, you know, before all the Pfizer stuff. Excuse me. Pardon me for uh, having indigestion. Um, he knew about all these things, okay, before we knew about them, before we knew about Moderna, before we knew about all the creepy crawlies, before we knew about the all this evil, okay? So for him to come out and say that at the very minimum, the immune response, the immuno response of the human being on behalf of this bioweapon will ultimately be compromised, okay? Then you throw in things like leprosy, AIDS, dozens of other horrible diseases, and guess what? You know? So you basically injected somebody with leprosy, and then you ruined their immunosystem, and what's going to happen? Well, anyway, it's self-explanatory, but I just wanted to go back in time and refresh people's memories that we were, we as human beings, were warned about this by specialists, even at the very onslaught or the very beginning of the pandemic. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Kids, are you ready? Okay, kids, this was on my son's banana milk carton. Why did the banana go out with the prune? Because he couldn't find a date. <laughs> the banana couldn't find a date. I love dates. Uh, all right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me go ahead and make a couple adjustments on my sound here, or else we'll have some unwanted side effects occur. <laughs> kids. What's a monkey's favorite cookie? Think it through. 
a chocolate chimp cookie. <laughs> a monkey's favorite chocolate chimp. Come on, guys. I mean, you know. <laughs> All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Kids, I, I'm, what is the difference between an alligator and a crocodile? Well, you'll see one later, and you'll see one in a while. <laughs> see you later, alligator. After a while, crocodile, whatever. Kids, come on. I mean, that's pretty good, isn't it? Kids? Okay. All right. I'll take that. I'll take that. I know it was marginal, but that's all right. We'll work with it. All right, kids. I ordered a chicken and an egg on Amazon yesterday. I ordered a chicken, and I ordered an egg. Well, I'll let you know. <laughs> right, kids? Yeah, you'll we'll let you know. Kids? Kids. Kids, don't you get it? We'll let you know what comes first, the chicken or the egg. Get it? Oh, okay. <laughs> I had to redeem myself with an explanation. That's, that's all right. That works. Okay, praise God. And now the news. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. Uh, wrong. It's not normal. This is disturbing. <laughs> Game over. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. Maui people were told to take their placards down by the police. Okay. So I could play the actual. Well, I guess I will. Why not? You can hear it. You won't believe it. So I don't know what was on the placards of the crowds of people that were gathering around um, holding up signs. Placard is basically a sign. Um, probably looking for lost loved ones that were burned to death. That's pretty horrible. So anyway, I'm not going to dwell on that because I'll probably just sit here and fall into tears. And I, I just, I've gotten to the point right now where I have a, my tolerance for horror is really starting to wane a bit. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus. And I think I think that that's probably the case with many of us. All right, now, another headline, very, very important. Urgent, Iraq. The United States Army has taken control, and I'm going to go ahead and read this. Uh, the, the U.S. Army has taken control over the Al-Qadra district and the international airport in the capital of Baghdad for unknown reasons. So not only are there reports coming in from all over the world, um, you know, different people that are, you know, uh, stationed for, you know, in different capacities. Some of them are contractors, some of them are locals, whatever the case is, of 
endless, uh, you know, flatbed trucks full of all kinds of, uh, uh, you know, military equipment, tanks and things like that. I mean, you know, an untold number of miles of these uh, convoys of military equipment going in to the Middle East, coming out of Kuwait, coming out of all the, all the, all the different countries. And it's all being funneled over into, into just south of Iran, so um, in the Baghdad area. So, again, um, uh, you know, uh, wow. That's all I can say is just, wow. Um, So the uh, indicators and the people that are warning, the people that have live video footage of, um, and I'm not talking about, you know, five minutes of trucks going by. I'm talking about like 15 or 20 minutes of trucks going by, bumper to bumper. That's some pretty scary buildup stuff. That is some Operation Desert Storm level buildup. Okay, folks. All right. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, um, I just got a a message. No. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Justin. I just want to say thank you, Justin. Thank you, Justin, so, so much. God bless you, brother. I'm going to be leaning in on some special prayers for you as well tomorrow as well. Thank you so much. A lot of the people that work um, in, uh, you know, the industry uh, are, uh, you know, you know, today, today's day and age, if you are in the working uh, world, uh, you are intimately familiar with the fragility or the fragileness of your job. They're laying people off all around you. You're seeing, seeing them cutting the workforce constantly. Uh, you know, and it doesn't take a lot, folks. One small little goof up and you're out. All right, so thank you so much for your prayers. And thank you, Justin, so much. That is so encouraging to me. Praise God. And I praise God for every one of you that so much as mentions my name. Always. All right, uh, another headline. Listen to this. Numerous firefighters respond. <laughs> Numerous firefighters respond to a massive fire at a petroleum storage unit in uh, Pecan Plant. Numerous firefighters were called to the scene uh, this evening, which I believe was yesterday evening, as I recall, after massive fires broke out at the petroleum storage unit in Pecan Plant in San Sanba, or Saba, Texas. According to the San Saba Emergency Management, the temperatures uh, were as high as 110 degrees out. This uh, caused huge flames and heavy, thick black smoke to be seen from miles away. Talks about the hazmat crews, everything else. What do we think? Was it a do attack? I mean, right now it almost feels like there's they're just attacking uh, the entire face, the entire surface of planet Earth with space lasers. I mean, I know that smacks of paranoia, but after seeing some of the stuff that we saw in Maui, and then of course the um, uh, you know Maui burst, Mountain Dew, and, and all the Simpsons episodes and everything else, we know what's going on. They're doing it. Okay, it's one thing to anyway, I'm not going to get into it because the analysis portion of it could literally take hours. And I I want to get Terry on because she's awesome and we all love her. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And and we 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 love her work and we and put her on put her on your list. Put her uh, uh, husband, um, Bud, on your list of prayers. They would absolutely just. Love you for that. All right. And don't forget Sammy, too. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. My sister Paula is excited about this fall, and she's text messaging me like crazy right now because she probably heard from somebody that I actually bought plane tickets. So she, now she's all excited or whatever. So anyway, we don't even know if we're going to make it until uh, December, the way things are. Oh, and by the way, if you haven't heard, I'm going to play it in a second. Yes, they are going to come out with a full lockdown in the, the announcement was that they're going to do a full lockdown by mid-September, but no later than October. 
masks, shut down companies, the whole deal all over again. And there's a whole bunch of people chattering amongst one another. Are you going to comply? Let's revolt. Let's revolt. Okay, so there's all kinds of that stuff going on as well, which no big surprise there. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. All right, it's about the going to get crazy, this particular person says. China uh, Evergrande files Chapter 15 bankruptcy in New York, Chapter 15, Title 11, United States Code, United States Bankruptcy Code that deals with jurisdiction in certain bankruptcy cases under Chapter 15 and representative corporate bankruptcy proceeding outside the United States can obtain access to the United States courts. Okay, so I don't know what the China Evergrande Corporation is in New York, but anyway, this is just one more needle or, you know, if you will, nail in the coffin of the third seal, the global financial collapse that will absolutely uh, probably not affect the BRICS nations, but will definitely affect the West, which is part of the master plan of the Antichrist. And we know who that is. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Next one up. Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban has something to say about the United States. This clip is 51 seconds long. Let's listen to him. Hungary. What does what does the leader of Hungary think about this country? I know what I think about it. Makes me want to upchuck. Need to grab my epicac and you know find a bucket. All right, whatever. But anyway, uh, here we go. Let's listen to this. Uh, the Prime Minister of uh, Hungary. Here we go. Oh, sorry. Criticize the. What is wrong with Joe Biden? No, no, it's not. It's, it's not my job to criticize the head of United States. You know, it's it's not a good business idea anyway. Uh, so. But you would rather. But you would But you would rather there was a no, 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 You would rather there was a different leader I, of the United no, States. No, I would. I would. I would rather say that uh, you know, the American Democrats are far more ideologically led than the Republicans, and the Democrats always like to convince you and sometimes force you how to live, you know? And I don't like it, you know? We have our own culture. The culture defines how we live. Don't interfere, please. Don't educate us. Don't say what is good, what is bad, what is liberal. You know, we don't like that. It's not your job. But it's is... not the job of the Americans and any other nation. It's the Hungarian job. That's, that's so simple. But there is... Donald Trump understands it. That's important. Is... Donald Trump understands this. That's important. <laughs> Who do you think the Hungarians will be voting for? Ah <laughs> oh, man, boy, I, boy, I can second that motion. Uh, everything that he said is just absolutely abomination, abominable, and sickening. Praise God. Um, also, calling to your attention, we also know, we know that the Maui burst, uh, Mountain Dew, 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 directed energy weapons uh, cans were uh, created. That actual flavor of Mountain Dew, uh, I believe, was created somewhere around about 2019. Very, very interesting date there. And also, around about that same time, give or take a few months, I, I imagine, um, there was another one created called Mountain Dew Pitch Black. Okay, so we thank you, Brother uh, Jim, for passing that information along. I don't know exactly when they made that set of cans, but it's a prophecy. It's a satanic, uh, lesser magic, druid, it's druidism. Druidism is what created... Uh, trick or treat, okay, and it it it's. I'm not going to get into all the history of the druidic uh, practices. They're very sick, twisted, baby killing, murdering. Hey, they're very much like the United States government. 
Oh, well, anyway, it's, it's uh, but hang in there, folks. You know, those days are going to be cut short and we're leaving soon. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, and for those of you who may not remember, a few, a handful of years ago, I don't know how many, could be 10 years ago, you were able to buy National Geographic, and it, the title of the National Geographic documentary was entitled American Blackout. American Blackout. And it goes into explain how people will be killing each other and it'll be terrible. One person on a CNN, was it CNN or maybe it was 60 Minutes, uh, basically had suggested that millions of people would die in the first week. Just from all the murders, rapes, uh, bands of horrible entities roving the, you know. And by the way, that's captured in the Ceremony Vision and other ones as well. Very, very horrible times. Now, what I find is fascinating, I'm not especially pleased about it, don't get me wrong, is that the title of this National Geographic documentary is, quote, American Blackout. Think about that for a second. American Blackout. Wonder why it doesn't say South American? Why doesn't it say Brazil blackout? Why doesn't it say European Union blackout? Why doesn't it say American blackout? Hmm. Now a lot of people say, well, this is all Druidism. This is all lesser magic. This is all Satanism. This is all that weird. Some people even call it a code of ethics amongst the elites. I would say they have no ethics, and they are the most evil, satanic, reptilian, shape-shifting, fallen seraphim that exist in all of the universes. They answer to Satan, and they hate our guts. But most human beings do not have the capacity to understand that level of hate. They don't. We don't. We will never understand. That's why people can't believe it. They're in, they're in, they can't believe what's happening is happening. So they go into a state of denial. Some people are awake. Some people are taking the 800 milligram red pills or whatever the case, and they're almost there. All right, whatever. All right, this I wanted to go ahead and play for you. This is a uh, about, guess what? It's a rendition of The Simpsons prophetically um, proclaiming a blackout of all things. Let's listen to this little clip. Hold on a second. Here we go. Boom. If their conditioning is better than any truant officer, I'm seeing students I haven't seen in years. Sugar. Mrs. K. <laughs> oh, Arthur. He's thumping his hand against the air conditioner on the top of the building. It's like red alerting on him. Wasting more energy than Ricky Martin's girlfriend. Hey, you! And then it shows the whole town and all the air conditioners are shaking and the wires are burning coming across the telephone poles. <laughs> the smokestacks at the nuclear plant Gentlemen, are on fire. Juice like my wife at an open bar. Mr. Burns, can your plant handle it? No problem. We've siphoned off extra power from the orphanage. Who are they going to complain to? Their parents? But, sir, we're at full capacity. One more appliance could overload the system. Fear not. Our town has dodged disaster, and I have come out smelling like guest room soap. They got fans on all over the place. <laughs> but anyway, suffice it to say, rather rapidly, all the power does go down. Praise God. Um, and so, uh, once again, 
You know, now uh, there are so-called experts out there that believe that they have done uh, homework and historical homework on Matt Groening, uh, the creator of The Simpsons. And they claim he's a, uh, you know, he's a Mason. Uh, But uh, to be able to have this kind of insider information, he would have to be way high up, um, probably higher than anything that the Masonic Lodge offers. Uh, Essentially, he would have to be part of the Illuminati and part of, you know, the whole World Economic Forum and all that human flesh-eating creepy weirdness. All right, uh, new uh, report coming in from Alex Jones. And by the way, this is so significant. I'm just letting you know, this particular report that Alex Jones did, it's everywhere. Everybody is grabbing this report and reprinting it all over. I have no idea how many uh, reprints I have seen this uh, seen out there. And how many different websites have it out there? I don't know, but it's everywhere. You can't you, – you, it's hard to miss it. But anyway, let's go ahead and play this. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Here we go. Hold, hold on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right, we've got to scroll down. Here we go. How many times have I told you we have sources? How many times have I told you we have the intel? And it's 99% right when it comes to whistleblowers. These are people that stick their necks out to talk to me that I know personally. I'm not going to go any further than that. But they've been told new lockdowns are coming. They've been told how it's going to be rolled out. And, 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 and what they were told by their superiors is exactly fitting in with the larger U.N. plan. They estimate over 80 million people starved to death the last three and a half years because of the COVID restrictions. Ladies and gentlemen, I got a call yesterday. An individual was in town, and they wanted to meet with me that I know well, and they are a high-level manager in the TSA. And I went and met with them and had a cup of coffee with them. And they said, you got to warn people. Tuesday, we got called in, the managers, and told that by the middle of September, that the new policy is being written, that this is done. They were told this is happening, hypothetical. You all have to wear masks again and show will airport employees. Then by the middle of October, they are going to say that everyone flying has to wear a mask. And in the meetings, people began to ask them, well, I mean, why is this happening? They said, well, because of the new variant in Canada and because of the WHO, they may you know, declare this. But regardless, we've been told this is going to happen. All right, praise God. He also goes on and explains how he had commute, uh, con, you know, also followed up with phone calls to other federal agents uh, that he 
state he has them in there you know it's it's right in his phone they're programmed in his phone he knows these people personally and when they speak when they give him insider intelligence they are literally meeting like he said meeting he met this one guy from TSA over a cup of coffee so the person's obviously nearby where he operates out of which is Austin Texas so anyway um and then he explains how he had contacted some other people in the border 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 patrol people that are very high up at the director level etc some people that he knew and they were told to exactly the same thing fascinating so anyway unfortunately that means that if if i do make it to uh to be able to see my family for the last time almost for sure it'll be the last time i ever get to see him this christmas uh i'll be wearing one of them so i highly recommend to go to gounmask.com GoUnmask.com. I believe that's it. Let me just go ahead and double check it. G-O-Unmask. Okay, I've got to put that on lowercase. GoUnmask.com. No, it's GetUnmask.com. My bad. Hold on. My bad. Get There it is. Um, all right. And so what you want to do is click on, once you get there, you'll see all kinds of stuff that, you know, put America first, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. But click on Shop. And then um, they have a whole bunch of different things that they sell. But click on the masks and then go to the Ultra Collection. It's a lady with a pink mask on, but they got all these different colors. And let me tell you something. You can breathe really easily through those masks. Okay? Highly, highly, highly recommended. All right. Praise God. As a matter of fact, I probably would have dropped over dead if I didn't have that mask because I was going – you know, whenever I travel for some wacky reason – I always have to end up going to the West Coast. It is a at least two-leg journey and multiple airports, multiple layovers, and it's absolutely horrifically miserable. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hang in there for me, Terry. I just want to try to blast through a few more of these headlines, and we'll jump right over to you. Not much longer. All right. Praise God. Here we go. All right. TASS, which is a leading magazine, a Russian news agency, uh, says that the United States is planning for another pandemic. Uh, we do not roll out the United States may use so-called defensive technology for offensive purposes, as well as global governance by creating crisis situations of a biological nature, according to Lieutenant General Igor Krilov uh, in, in his uh, dissertation regarding the next pandemic that the United States is announcing. Okay, this comes uh, in the wake of a, a series of communications from the Daily Mail, which is part of the Illuminati uh, parroting system. So they're, you know, they parrot uh, whatever the World Economic Forum and the Dracos want them to parrot, and um, and yeah, the, the Daily Mail, look out. Uh, they are anyway. So they the headline reads: Here comes the real deal. Scientists raise alarms over a new COVID variant and a call for return to face masks. The new variant is the, the dubbed BA.6 and has over. Get this. 30 mutations, and they are also announcing that any of the uh, injections that you have received thus far will not count. What that means to me is that uh, I don't know. I could, I guess, it could mean I, you know, that's why I need your prayer. I mean, if you, if you, you know, I need your prayer. I need your prayer real, real bad, because if my company tells me I got to get it, I, my answer is going to be no. <laughs> And the food supply here at the Johnny House might get real scampy real fast. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't think any one of us would, would even think for a second to take any of that kind of nonsense. It's just absolutely horrible. All right. Praise God. We praise your holy name. Thank you, our Lord Jesus Christ. Next one up. 
Russian general says global control pandemic coming. Russian general suggests the United States help create COVID and may be plotting a new pandemic for global control. The head of Russia's nuclear, biological, and chemical NBC protection forces released a statement this week suggesting that nefarious officials in the United States have developed and deployed COVID-19 for offensive purposes. All right, praise God. Well, if that isn't enough of the prophetic weirdness, uh, let's listen to this. This is a, another Simpson prophetic event. I'm going to go ahead and play this. Wow, that's loud. Woo! America, take a good look at your beloved candidates. They're nothing but hideous space reptiles. All right, so I'll save, I'll spare you the rest of it. But basically, Homer runs down the stairs at the White House. They've got a couple of, uh, you know, people in Congress standing at podiums, and he rips off their rubber masks, and sure enough, they are reptilians under the masks. Hmm. It makes you wonder. Makes you wonder if that one's going to happen pretty soon. All right, and uh, if all the creepy weirdness about Maui wasn't bad enough, we now have a Wahoo that is officially on fire. So somebody writes, oh, my gosh, uh, Maui, a Wahoo, uh, I'm sorry, Wahoo, Wahoo, you got to uh, – all the uh, individual syllables have to be pronounced individually. So it's Wahoo, Wahoo, Wahoo. Oahu is now on fire right now. Oahu is one of the largest islands of the group of the Hawaiian Islands, um, and uh, but still, it's quite small. <laughs> you can drive around the whole thing in about an hour. All right, praise God. Another headline here. I'm going to – or creepy uh, – I don't know what you want to call it. Is it headline? What is it? It's news that has snuck its way into our hands. But I'm going to go ahead and play this. Hold on just a second. Here it comes. Okay. These are people yeah, talking. Now, I'm going to turn on the audio in a split second here again. It's only 57 seconds long. But I want you to hear, if you, can, if you can make it out, if you can make it out, these are people in the back of a Costco store packaging up fresh salmon. Please see if you can hear what they're saying. Look at that guy. He's happy as hell just cruising around in there. Paras- um, parasites, folks. Yep. They're so zoomed they, in on them. Maybe they'll give me a discount on that one. Huh. That's what I'm talking about, though. They're, they're loaded with those parasites. They're loaded with those parasites, the guy says. So I know if it's if it's not creepy enough, well, it's getting even creepier. Um, and then there's a specialty place uh, I can't remember the name of it that sells uh, you know big boxes of uh, different kinds of fish. Um, I forget you know wild Alaskan something incorporated, and they send you boxes of fish. But let me tell you something: you buy their small, your small box of their fish assortment. It's $169. Hey, but by the way, I mean, it's kind of cool because they give you free shipping, right? 
$169 for a little box of fish. All right, so, uh, and I'm not saying it doesn't, anyway, I'm not going to get into it. Anyway, just wanted to let you know about that. Uh, next one up, massive military buildup in Iraq. Uh, World War III alert, uh, Middle East high security deployment in the United States and Iraq and, uh, and eastern Syria reported I, Iranian IG, IRGC forces are on high combat readiness. Massive military reinforcements have also been reported today. Footage shows United States-led international coalition convoy heading towards the United States military bases in Haswa ba, uh, Babil uh, government west of Baghdad. What do, you, what do you suppose they're doing that for? Another report comes up and says United States military equipment moving in from Kuwait, Jordan, and Syria. So it says the Pentagon continues to increase its military presence in Iraq. Hmm, what could that be about? Another headline here. British Columbia is now on fire. That is the western part of Canada over there, uh, you know, nearby. I think it's Victoria or whatever. But anyway, it's just north of Seattle. And, oh, my goodness gracious sakes alive, it looks like it is the apocalypse. If Jesus had not cut those days short, no flesh would be saved. Boy, this man, is that like reading a newspaper or what? Hallelujah. Next one up. Canary Islands fire. Spain's Canary Island battles the most complex fires that it has had to deal with in over 40 years. According to the people that are analyzing it, they say this is a terrorist attack. Another headline. Okay, this particular individual calls himself D.C. Drano, and he's talking about McCarthy and all of his flip-flapping nonsense. I think Gates, uh, uh, Representative, Senator, Representative Matt Gatz and uh, Laura Boebert, when, Lauren Boebert, when they were screaming bloody murder, please, 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 please don't let McCarthy become the Speaker of the House, um, uh, they had a really good reason for that. And evidently people are starting to catch on to the fact that he basically is – just not doing anything. Um, he he says this anyway. So anyway, I just wanted to share that with you. Now this particular one, I'm going to go ahead and push forward for the sake of getting Terry on. It's not that important. It's not time sensitive, but you probably would like to hear it. So I'll push that forward to the next uh, program this Wednesday, Lord willing. All right, next one. Nicaraguan president is bringing in the Russian military. Nicaraguan president Daniel Ortega, which kind of makes me want to get some, uh, you know, chips and dip, signed a decree that officially shows the entry of the Russian armed forces into the country and the construction of military bases with cruise missiles. It is noted that Russian weapons will not be directed against third world countries. Hmm, I wonder where they're going to point the weapons at. <laughs> no, I'm not. Next one up. Another testimony of blockaded roads uh, to slaughter and murder the children and the people of Maui. And I'm not going to go ahead and play this, but I will tell you it's two minutes and 20 seconds long. It's another gentleman, a lot younger than the other one that we played on the prior show, and he is uh, saying exactly the same thing. That he tried four, I think he said four different routes to get out of the area that was on fire. All of them were blockaded by police. They funneled everybody down the front street, blocked front street, and slaughtered them all. All right, so next one up. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Here we go. Al Jazeera reports, new milestone leaders of the United States, Japan, and South Korea are about to meet at Camp David. What do you think they're going to be talking about? I have no idea, but it can't be good. Next one up. 
Cashless down under. Australia gears up for CBDC rollout. Central bank digital currencies with major banks banning over-the-counter cash withdrawals. Now, this has been going on for quite some time. A lot of people have been very vocal about it uh, on all types of social media, and evidently it's not slowing down one iota. All right, next one up. Starving Ukrainian soldiers are swimming the Dnieper River in order to, because they're starving to death, so they're surrendering, they're swimming the river over to the Russian side, holding their hands up, waving white flags and saying, please, please let us, uh, you know, take care of us. And sure enough, the Russian Federation is feeding them and taking care of them as they would, any ethical country would, and that's exactly, well, whatever. Okay, anyway, hopefully you get it by now. Next one up. Pakistan arrests 146 people as it launches a probe into the church attacks. And in, in, in fact, in this case, there were five, um, uh, um, five uh, Christian churches that were burned to the ground, and dozens of homes belonging to local Christians were also destroyed by these attacks. And they have photographs, and let me tell you something, folks. <laughs> it looks kind of like Maui. Pretty bad. All right, next one up. He extends martial law, general mobilization across the Ukraine for another 90 days. Another headline reads, a new visa policy threatens to shut down evangelical organizations operating in Israel. Okay, and so what this is saying is um, that the uh, representatives of these organizations, which focus mainly on charity work, say that the result of the new rules, that they no longer have sufficient staff to continue their activities. So when it says shuts down visas, it's not talking about visa cards. It's talking about visa permits, work permits in those countries. Next one up. Obama thinks that he is God. This is a quote from his brother Malik. Okay. Um, and he says, and a, uh, and a brother, I'm sorry, Obama's brother, his name is Malik, says that he sold, that Obama sold his soul to Satan to join the Illuminati. It's from his own brother. Uh, and uh, it goes in – you should see the stuff that is published out there that his brother is saying. Yeah, one guy named Stephen Mutiro uh, asks him, he says, um, you know, John, John, he, he says, I am ready to help you reconcile your, your brother uh, Barack. And Malik responds back and says, that guy thinks he is God. Trust me. He has sold his soul to the devil. All right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. As if any of us didn't know that already. Next one up. 2024 GOP Republican hopeful May United States may cease to exist in hypothetical conflict against Russia and China. Gee whiz. That sounds like Revelation chapter 18. Hmm. Very, very interesting. Next headline up. United States breaking. United States is to send F-16s to Ukraine. So they've been babbling about it, babbling about it, babbling about it. Everybody's been saber rattling back and forth. <clears throat> well, they are now getting ready to send them out. Another headline reads, listen to this, 49 out of 52 leprosy diagnoses occurred after the COVID-19 vaccines and boosters. You can think that through on your own there. Another report says gun industry cries foul after hundreds of gun dealers lose their licenses by the Biden administration in a crackdown. Another headline reads, United States engaged in biomilitary activity more than any other country in the world, according to Beijing. So you got to remember that China and Russia uh, are looking at all of the bioweapons labs that the Russian Federation has captured. And of course, they've you know you've heard the testimonies of the crying 
military personnel, I mean, in tears, speaking Russian and talking about the carved-up children. We'll just leave it at that. I'm not going to get into any more dark details. Now we get some encouragement and um, some incredible edification um, from another teaching from our precious sister, Terry. Also, everybody, please reach out to her and wish her a happy birthday. Yes, it's belated. It was yesterday, but that's okay. Not, never too late. Uh, anyway, so uh, happy birthday to Sister Terry. Let's bring her live right now. <laughs> Sister Terry, are you there? Yes, John, I'm here. Can you hear me all right? Yes, you sound awesome. And again, happy birthday. I know everybody that's listening, whether they're listening live or listening to a podcast a couple of weeks from now, wishes you a happy birthday. I get nothing but praise reports all the time for your work on this program. And um, I just wanted to encourage you and let you know that folks absolutely love you. And I'm certain that many of them are going to be wishing you, if not now, uh, in the future, a very happy birthday. God bless you. And thank you for joining us. Well, thank you, John, for having me. And, you know, as always, it's just a privilege and a pleasure for me to try to communicate with you what I've been hearing, what I've been studying and digging uh, over and through the past several weeks. So thank you, beloved John and all the listeners. Uh, Again, I'm just so happy to be with you. Let's open in prayer. Father, I thank you so much for this time. And above all, Jesus, we're here for one reason. We are here primarily to lift you up. You told us in your word, if I be left Lifted up in the earth, I will draw all men unto me. And so, first and foremost, we desire to lift up the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And secondly, Father, I'm asking for the assistance of your Holy Spirit now to open up your word and to share what I believe you have given me to share with your people tonight. And for that, I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. For those of you who would like prayer, Uh, who would like to contact me, let me give you my email address, please. That is a word in due season, 777 at gmail.com. My website address is a word in due season.com. And so with that, uh, let's get started. I, uh, as always, just sit with the Lord and uh, ask him to open my ears, give me eyes to see, help me. Uh, to prepare something that would help build up the body of Christ, help in some way to prepare God's people for his appearing, which certainly is soon, and again, to bring the word of God alive. And so in doing so, I was directed into the book of Judges, and so um, I'm going to start there. The title of the message the Lord gave me is A Modern Day Parable, the bramble and the trees. So I want to just give a little bit of background uh, because there's a person by the name of Jotham, that's J-O-T-H-A-M, that we may never have heard of, but I want to try to bring a little bit of context about Jotham and who he is and what he said. So Jotham uh, is a son that was born 
to Gideon. Now, in Judges chapter 8, I'm going to read something to you, and I'm going to start at 30. This is Judges 8, 30. It says here that Gideon had 70 sons. Now, Gideon was a man of God. He was faithful to God. We've talked about Gideon before. Uh, He and his 300 overcomers overcame the enemy. He was faithful to obey the Lord. So we have Gideon now that we're talking about, and we're moving into now what happened immediately after his death. So in Judges 8, starting at verse uh, 29, now it says, Then Jerubbabel, now that was another name given to him uh, for Gideon. So he was the son of Joash. He went and he lived at his own house. Verse 30 says, Gideon had 70 sons who were his direct descendants. Verse 31, and his concubine, who was in Shechem, also bore him a son, and he named this son Abimelech. All right? So we have somebody by the name of Abimelech that we're going to talk about tonight. And this man reveals the spirit and the person of Antichrist. And we're going to see how that ties in to this modern-day parable and how it relates to the very day in which we live. Verse 32 of Judges 8 says, Gideon, the son of Joash, died at a ripe old age, and he was buried in the tomb of his fathers. Verse 33, it came about as soon as Gideon was dead. Now notice this, the godly leader has departed. Now, immediately, the sons of Israel again played the harlot with Baal and made Baal Berith their god. So Gideon had 40 years of peace. He's a godly man. He dies, and immediately, the sons of Israel, the people of God, began to play the harlot. And verse 34 says, The sons of Israel did not remember the Lord their God, who had delivered them from the hands of all their enemies on every side. Nor did they show kindness to the household of Jerubbabel, that is Gideon, in accord with all the good that he had done for Israel. So we see once again the pattern related through the Old Testament. God raises up a deliverer, and that person walks with the Lord for a period of time, and upon the death of this of the deliverer, who was Gideon, we find that God's people immediately go back again and are involved in harlotry and immorality. They forget what God has done for them, and so the pattern repeats itself. God has to send judgment once again, hoping that the people will cry out to him and that they would turn from their sin. So let's go into Judges chapter 9. That's a little bit of a background for us now. So basically what had happened is we're going to be looking now at a parable that Jotham told. Now, just a little bit about parables, too. Jesus used parables to teach about kingdom principles and prophetic truth. He used them then, and he's still using them now as the Spirit of God quickens his word because the word of God is the inspired scripture the word of god and so this living word is alive jesus speaks to us through his word by the power of the holy spirit and again another good reason for asking the lord for eyes to see and ears to hear and meditating in the word of god and as we do this beloved he does bring the understanding 
So a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meeting. Now, Jesus used the chief parable of the sower as a key to understand all other parables. And he told us uh, in the book of Matthew that the field is the world. So he would use uh, symbols and typology to help teach the people about the kingdom of heaven and about the time that he spoke. And also fast forward, it applies to the days in which we live. In Luke 21:29, Jesus instructed us to learn the parable of the fig tree, and he said, all trees, and that's Luke 21:29. Now, we've heard about the parable of the fig tree, but he said you need to learn the parable of the fig tree and all trees. So I want to comment on that for just a little because he would not have told us to learn something if there wasn't a key to help us understand that. We know that Jesus cursed the fig tree uh, because he came to it one day and he had expected fruit, but it only had leaves on it. So again, it's a type of the Jewish nation. Uh, He had come looking for spiritual fruit. Uh, It had leaves, may have made a good appearance, but uh, a tree without fruit is no good. So throughout the scriptures, trees, we find, are symbolic of family groups. You've probably heard of the phrase uh, family tree. So trees are symbolic of kingdoms and nations and people, and there's lots of scripture. And by the way, I do have handouts for those that want it. I have dozens of scriptures. There's no way I can cover it on the program, but I'm happy to send these handouts to you. So just uh, get in touch with me and I will do that. Um, In the New Testament, the olive tree is more associated with Israel. And in the New Testament, the vine is symbolic of God's kingdom. And Jesus said in Luke 6.44, he said, each tree is known by its own fruit. And he said, men don't gather figs from thorns and they don't pick grapes from a briar bush. So fruit, again, is going to indicate what kind of tree we're looking at here. And uh, also in scripture, trees can represent the qualities and the characteristics of the righteous. So we're going to look now at Jotham's parable that he told. And Jotham, again, uh, is going to be the one who had an understanding from the Lord. And he presented this parable in the character of the good and faithful servant in the Olivet Discourse. Remember when Jesus talked about that in Matthew 24. He said, the good and faithful servant in the Olivet Discourse gives the proper food at the proper time. And so a faithful messenger will do that. The faithful messenger of the Lord will bring understanding, the the right food at the right time to the right group of people. And he talks about this in Matthew 24. Now in Judges 9, what we have here is... uh, Jotham now, who is going to give uh, a parable. Let me comment first of all and say that uh, a little background here also with regard to this man named Abimelech. Abimelech uh, was a bad guy. He's the emblem of a tyrant. As I mentioned, he reveals the spirit and person of Antichrist. And literally, he was given money. Notice in verse 3, it says that uh, the leaders of Shechem were inclined to follow Abimelech. Now, remember, the people had departed from the Lord, and they went right back into idolatry. 
and the worship of Baal. And they gave him 70 pieces of silver from the house of Baal Berith. Now that Baal, I, I can't comment on that for too long, but that is the false lord, the false master, and Berith means covenant. So they covenanted with a false god, which is something that we're seeing happening today as well as at that time. And so he was given pieces of silver. Now, who does that sound like? It sounds like the betrayer, doesn't it? And so he was given pieces of silver, and he went to kill uh, his brothers, the sons of Gideon, all right? So in verse 6, notice what it says here. It says, all the men of Shechem and Beth Milo assembled together. They went and they made Abimelech king by the oak of the pillar in Shechem, all right? So they're anointing this guy by the name of Abimelech, who is a traitor, who is a tyrant, and we'll learn more about him in just a minute. Now, in verse 7, here we go with the parable now that the godly Jotham tells, all right? When they told this to Jotham, Jotham stood on the top of Mount Gerizim. He lifted up his voice and he said, listen to me, O men of Shechem, that God may listen to you. Verse 8 says, once the trees went forth to anoint a king over them, and they said to the olive tree, reign over us. But the olive tree said to them, shall I leave my fatness, which God and men are honored, and go to wave over the trees? In other words, this tree, this group of people, or this type, okay, didn't want to leave its fatness to wave over. In other words, to exercise authority over all the trees, oil being symbolic of the anointing, okay? And, and so he said, no. Then the tree said to the fig tree, you come and reign over us. Verse 11 says, but the fig tree said to them, shall I leave my sweetness and my good fruit and go to wave over the trees? And so the fig tree, which produces figs, didn't want to lose or to leave its sweetness and its good fruit to wave over the trees. Now, this fig tree is figurative of the fathers of Israel, okay? Remember, the majority of the Jewish nation did not receive their Messiah when he came. We talked about the fig tree a minute ago. So this is figurative of the fathers of Israel. So they basically said, or this tree said, no, I don't want to leave the sweetness that I have. I have good fruit. So verse 12 of Judges 9 says, then the trees said to the vine, you come and reign over us. But the vine said to them, shall I leave my new wine, which cheers gods and men, and go to wave over the trees? So finally, all the trees speak to the bramble. Now, let me comment just a minute on verse uh, 13 that I just spoke about the vine. The vine, which produces wine, it didn't want to leave the new wine and its cheerfulness to exercise authority over the other trees. Now, the new wine of the vine of the Holy Spirit manifested in worship. So this is a type. So we're talking about types here. We have the olive tree, symbolic of the anointing. We have fig tree, which is figurative of the fathers of Israel. And we have the vine, and Jesus referred to himself as the vine. So this is a picture of uh, the uh, 
new covenant and Jesus and those who are involved with him. So the new wine of the Holy Spirit manifested in worship is is uh, what the wine is a type of, all right? So finally, the position is offered to the bramble. Notice in verse 14, finally, the trees said to the bramble, you come and reign over us. Now, let me comment about what a bramble is. A bramble is a shrub, a large shrub that has sharp thorns and runners, okay? And the bramble said to the trees in verse 15, if in truth you are anointing me as king over you, come and take refuge in my shade. All right, are you hearing this? This one who is coming in the name of the Lord is saying, come and abide in my shadow. Take refuge in my shade. While we know that Jesus himself invites us to abide in the secret place of the Most High and under the shadow of the Almighty, this one is now exalting himself and saying, come and take refuge in my shade. And if you don't, if not, if you're not anointing me, let fire come out from the bramble and consume the cedars of Lebanon. Verse 16, now therefore, if you've dealt in truth and integrity and making Abimelech king, if you've dealt well with Gideon, uh, Jerubabel, and let's drop down to verse 18, but you've risen against my father's house, have killed his sons. If you have dealt in truth and integrity, rejoice in Abimelech. Okay, so we're seeing now the emphasis being placed on Abimelech, the bramble, ruling over all the trees. And verse 20 says, if not, let fire come out from Abimelech and consume the men of Shechem. Now, this is the parable that Jotham told. After he told the parable, verse 21 says that he escaped and he fled. He went to Beir and he remained there because of Abimelech, his brother. So Beir means the well. So he went and found a place where there was some water, all right? So here's a type of one who is righteous, who escaped and fled with his life, and the other 70 were killed. Now, I want to comment on the importance of this here. The position was offered to the bramble, which is only good for burning. That's what Ecclesiastes 7.6 tells us. It's only good for burning. So the ascension to power of the bramble was due to the self-serving reluctance of the people associated with the olive tree, the fig tree, and the vine to assume responsibility. And so by default, the bramble was able to lure the others into accepting its reign over them. The olive tree says, no, uh, I, I don't want to leave my anointing and my fatness The fig tree says, no, I'm not leaving my fathers of Israel, the faith to which I have clung to for so long. The vine says, and those associated with the vine saying, no, we want to stay with the new wine of the Holy Spirit. We don't want to leave the cheerfulness and take authority and reign over the other trees. So the key to Jotham's parable in understanding it is this. By default, the bramble was able to lure the others into accepting its reign over them. Basically, God was saying, I'm going to give the people what they have asked for. I am going to allow them to see their choices in turning from me to worshiping another God, in turning to idolatry, etc., etc. 
And so the key to this parable is the unfaithfulness of God's people, Israel, and in the church. So the door had been opened for the bramble to position itself and manipulate others into its snare. Now, in one of the parables that Jesus told, another one, he told the parable about the nobleman who went to a distant country to receive a kingdom for himself. Remember that? And he said, I will return. But the citizens hated him. They said, we don't want this man, Jesus, to reign over us. That's Luke 19:14. Sounds a bit like the trees, doesn't it? We don't want this man to reign over us. And in John 19:15, the people said, we have no king but Caesar. So we're looking at the choice of the people to have the bramble and the bramble's kingdom and his thorns which protrude from him to rule over the people. This was a choice the people made. And when the population in John 19:15 said, we have no king but Caesar, basically they were saying, we want the heads of government to rule over us. We don't want this man to rule over us. We don't want to bow to the, this Jesus who we know was king of the Jews, but was not received for the most part by the Jewish nation. So Abimelech became the bramble king, all right? And the people will choose Antichrist and his system to rule over them instead of divine intelligence. So we're going to see Antichrist, Artificial intelligence, the beast system, the desire of the people, that's what they will want. God will give the people over to what they want. But in the meantime, he will always, and does today, have a remnant, a bride, who is in a secret place, hidden from all of this. The choice of the people then, at the time of Jesus, uh, we don't want this man to rule over us. The people in Jotham's parable said the same thing. We want the bramble to rule over us. In John 5:43, Jesus said, I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. And if another comes in his own name, him you will receive. Now, Jesus is talking about Antichrist here, because Jesus, Yeshua, Hamashiach, Jesus is the Messiah. He is the promised Christ. But so many would not, did not accept him or receive him. But here Jesus is prophesying, saying, if another one comes in his own name, you will receive him. Now, also, just a little few more comments about Abimelech, who is the Bramble King. He was the product of a Canaanite union, all right? So he reveals the evil of compromise. He reveals the disobedience to the word of God. Abimelech was rebuked by Jotham, and Jotham saw prophetic uh, parable fulfilled in Judges 9, 22 to 57. You can read that later. I don't have time to go there now. <clears throat> and he conspired <clears throat> to become king, and he operated by the spirit <clears throat> excuse me, of violence. And so the bramble rules by intimidation. In, in other words, he said, if you don't accept me, if you don't come under my terms and conditions, let fire come out of the bramble and devour, eat up or consume 
the cedars of Lebanon. He wanted others to trust in his shadow. And so we see that in Judges 9, verses 15 and 20. Again, the cedars of Lebanon is a type of people. Trees in scripture are a type of people. Abimelech was an outlaw. He was given pieces of silver from the temple of Baal Berith. In other words, the people had made a covenant with Baal, and they and assassins were hired. Now he betrayed, okay, this Bramble King, this Antichrist spirit and individual, comes forth to betray and murder his half brothers. Now, the scripture names. 70 of them, and that caught my attention because I know 70 is an important number in both Old Testament and in the New Testament. So this Abimelech, the Bramble King, betrays the people, these brethren, and then murders them. Now, the number 70, I I want to talk to you about certain men in the Old Testament just so you'll understand how important these 70 are. In Exodus 24, 9 and 10, we read about certain men who went up to Mount Sinai to meet with God. All right, so these were appointed men. And the scripture says they Moses and Aaron went up with them, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 elders of Israel. So these are heads in the nation of Israel. And it says these men saw the God of Israel. This is remarkable. In the Old Testament, 70 elders saw the God of Israel, and there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of righteous, excuse me, sapphire stone, as it were, the body of heaven in its clearness. In Numbers 11.25, we see God blessing the 70. Again, the number 70 is a symbolic number for God's administration, and completion, perfected ministry. In Numbers 11.25, God blesses these 70 men. It says, the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to Moses, and he took of the spirit that was upon Moses and placed it upon 70 elders. And it came about that when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied. It's clear from these two passages in the Old Testament, these were select elders. And when the spirit that was upon Moses was placed upon them, they prophesied. Now, in the New Testament, the number 70 is also significant because 70 half-brothers were betrayed and murdered by this one who is called Abimelech. Jesus had been talking about the terms of discipleship when in Jude, excuse me, when in Luke 10, 1 and 2, we read it says that the Lord chose and appointed 70 others and he sent them out ahead of him, two by two, into every town and placed them where he himself was about to come visit. Do you see the significance of 70 here? This is Luke 10, 1 to 2. So Jesus, wherever Jesus was going to go, go to where he had planned to go, he would send them out ahead of him, all right, into every town and place where he would be coming to minister. And Jesus said to them, there is much ripe grain. The harvest is abundant, but the farm hands, the laborers are few. 
Pray, therefore, that the Lord of the harvest would send out labors into his harvest. So what we see is the death of these 70 uh, groups of people, both defined by Jesus in Old Testament and New. They were betrayed and murdered. This is speaking to us now of the days just ahead of us, at hand, if you will, where godly are betrayed and will be delivered to be destroyed. Jotham was the only surviving brother, and the scriptures tell us in Judges 9, 5, and 21 that he hid himself and he escaped. That place of safety, beloved, is in Christ. There is the only one place to abide is that under the shadow of the Almighty. It's not under this false Messiah who will be revealed. It is not under the beast government system, whereas the people at Jesus' time said, we have no king but Caesar. We cannot trust in any individual, any entity, any system other than the King of kings and the Lord of lords, whose name is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. During Abimelech's three-year reign, there was actually a quarrel going on between himself and the men of Shechem. Now, Shechem had become a center of idol worship. We know that the people turned from the Lord. And so his rule was during a time of apostasy, okay, and it reveals a power struggle during a time of anarchy. So Abimelech's ministry, if you will, was during a time of apostasy, which is the very time and the age that we are living in. And his rule over the people of God, over Israel, as it's written, revealed a power struggle in a time of anarchy. We know that Shechem was destroyed, and Judges 9.45 tells us Abimelech killed the people who were in the fields. We know that Jesus said, pray to the Lord of the harvest. He said, go out into the, lab- go out into the fields. The harvest is white. And it's ready to be harvested. So this individual killed those who were working in the field. He demolished the city, sowed it with salt, Judges 9.45 tells us. And then when the men uh, of Shechem heard about this, some of the men entered the stronghold of the temple of the god baal Barith. All right, again, this is a false master. This is a false god. It means covenant with Baal. So the people of Shechem, who many of them were idol worshipers, in fact, the majority of the scripture seems to indicate, they went into a stronghold in that temple. But I'm here to tell you there's no safety in a covenant with the God of this world. So they were seeking refuge in a place that could not protect them. So Abimelech and those with him cut down a branch. Now, When we think about the concept of trees, when we think about the word branch, Abimelech told all of the men who were with him, I want you to go and do what I did. I want you to cut down a branch. Now, for those of us who are students of the word, we know that Jesus is called the righteous branch. That's Isaiah 11, 1, all right? So these followers of Abimelech each cut down a branch with an axe, put them against this stronghold where the people were hiding, and what they did is they set it on fire, and all the people in that tower died. Now, there were survivors around the area, 
and these survivors fled to a strong tower. Now, this is a real strong tower because it's pointing to the Lord Jesus because this strong tower described in Judges 9.51 was in the midst of the city, okay? The people of God was in the midst of the city. Jesus is that strong tower. Proverbs 18.10 tells us, the Lord, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run in and they are safe. Beloved, I'm here to tell you, there will be places that look like places of safety, but while the un, under the uh, direction of the one called the Bramble King, there is no safe place to hide. I'm here to tell you, Jesus alone is our strong tower. When the enemy is on a rampage, we run to him, we flee to him. And Abimelech actually came to that tower and fought against it. And it's recorded in um, Genesis, or excuse me, Judges 9, 52 to 54. It said that Abimelech drew near to the door. Now, we knew that um, Judas, the betrayer, who is a type of the son of perdition, and the other one being Antichrist, they both have that title. The lawless one and the son of perdition draw near Okay, it's Judas drew near to that door, wanted to burn it with fire, but guess what happened? A woman drops a millstone on Abimelech's head and crushes his skull. Interesting to compare that with Genesis 3.15. And then we're told that Abimelech is killed with the sword. Now, I want to comment for a minute more about the nature and the character of Abimelech the bramble king. The word bramble literally means to pierce. It is a thorn tree. All right, so think about it for a minute. A thorn tree, the people said, this is what we want to rule over us. All right. Thorn tree is used for fuel, for kindling, and quite honestly, it's only good to be burned. It's actually a symbol of destruction according to Isaiah 34, 13. So thorns in scripture are figurative of curses. They are symbolic of a land under judgment. They are symbolic of false prophets. They are also symbolic of spiritual afflictions and messengers of Satan. We know in 2 Corinthians 12, 7, the apostle Paul talked about the agent of Satan, the thorn that buffeted him. And so this messenger of Satan would stir up the crowds against Paul wherever he went, trying to discredit him, trying to kill him, destroy him, to drag him before magistrates, and on and on. There was upheaval everywhere he went because this messenger would buffet him. And thorns are also symbolic of wicked nations. Now, Mark Mark's gospel 4-7, in the parable of the, so, of the sower, again, Jesus said, this is a chief parable. You need to understand. If you don't understand the chief parable, how then will you understand all other parables? Jesus used the figurative of the world and the field and the seed, the gospel seed being sown. But what it was said about thorny soil is a reminder to us, it is symbolic of that which chokes the seed. All of us can see that we have hostile enemies that we faced. Uh, Judeo-Christian ethics teaching, the Bible itself, the word of God, the exposition of God's word. The enemy is doing everything he can to choke out the word of God. And 
he will use and he does use the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things. That is a description of the thorny soil. Now, I want to take us to another place in God's word that talks a little bit more about these thistles and thorns. So I'm going to take you to Isaiah chapter 34 now. We're going to talk. We're going to see what God has to say about that uh, term called Edom. That's spelled E-D-O-M. He describes the thistles and the thorns of Edom in Isaiah 34, 13. In Isaiah 34, 13. Let me start at verse 12. This whole chapter, by the way, is pointing not only to Isaiah's time, but also the time at the end of the age, the very age in which we are living, okay? This whole chapter talks about God's wrath against the nations, all right? And so the thistles and the thorns of Edom are described here, and I want to start at verse 12 of Isaiah 34. It says that its nobles, in other words, the nobles of Edom, uh, Edom being symbolic of cursed people and adversaries, okay? So it's a description. Edom is symbolic of a people that are cursed, all right? It says it's nobles. There's no one there who they may proclaim king. All of its princes shall be as nothing. Listen to the description now in verses 13 to 15. I'm going to read this to you, and you tell me if this does not sound like the very book of Revelation that we refer to and read all of the time. This is what God says through the prophet Isaiah that was applicable to his time and also applicable to our time. Verse 13, thorns will come up in its fortified towers. Nettles and thistles will come into its fortified cities. It will be called a haunt of jackals and a boat of ostriches. Verse 14, desert creatures will meet with the wolves. The hairy goat will cry to its kind. Yes, the night monster shall settle there. Now that word night monster means demon. And shall find herself a resting place. The tree snake. All right, we're talking about trees. We're talking about a snake that finds its way into the trees. The tree snake will make its nest and lay its eggs there. It will hatch and gather them under its protection. Yes, even hawks will be gathered there, everyone with its own kind. So we see a picture of Satan, who is the tree snake, building his counterfeit ministry within the habitation of Edom. Now there's four steps that we see that Satan uses, who is the tree snake, how he builds his counterfeit ministry. That was happening then, and it's happening now. Within the habitation of Edom, in other words, within this habitation, a place where people are cursed, where they're adversaries of God, number one, it makes its nest. That's the first step. Number two, it lays its eggs there. Number three, it hatches them. Number four, it gathers them under its protection. 
Now, I want to talk about thorns for a minute because thorns are that which protrude, protrude and grow from the bramble bush who is Abimelech, who is a type of Antichrist and his system. Thorns in the modern day in which we live can be referred to as oppressive human government, okay? Tyrannical legislation. Again, these things pierce, they harass, they choke the seed, uh, and they buffet God's messengers. They include false prophets and wicked nations, as I said earlier. So these thorns are defined in the day in which we live now as corruptive, hypocritical leaders which are seeking to enslave the people. These thorns include the diabolical organizations, including BlackRock, the WHO, the CDC, the World Economic Forum, the Trilateral Commission, FBI, CIA, on and on and on, Corrupt judges, thorns, all right? These are corruptive leaders who are seeking to enslave the people. And we know that Antichrist will control all human government. In the Old Testament, when God wanted to, uh, how can I say this? When he wanted to bring the people to their knees, they would be invaded by thorns known as the Babylonians and the Assyrians in the Old Testament, okay? The Bible tells us the wicked are going to act wickedly, and we live in a fallen world, and the righteous are being holy still, but the wicked are increasing in wickedness. This is what we're watching happening all around us. And we see this politically staged hoax, this whole global warming thing, which now in places they're calling global burning now and earth burning, we're seeing that these thorns have also crept their way into the church because we find that they creep in to the towers. And so these individuals make their way not only into government agencies, into the society which we live, but also into the high places of churchianity and into the congregations of the Lord. And one of the things that God has done is he has placed watchmen upon the wall and watchmen were placed in ancient days on the wall of the city and also in the tower of the vineyard. We're going to talk about the watchmen in just a minute, but I want to talk a little bit more about these thorns because this is what is emanating from this wickedness because it's what the people want. Jesus is allowing these things to come to a conclusion. We know that we are at the very end of this age. We know that things are going from bad to worse. But I'm here to tell you, there are some survivors who have fled to a strong tower in the midst of the city, and they know that strong tower, the name of the Lord, is that strong tower. And he alone, and in his shadow, there is a, a place of safety. So in the time in which we live, we see that these thorns have crept up in through the organizations. There are false prophets and false teachers. There are wicked individuals, heretics, apostates. There are immoral people 
who are preaching another gospel, another Jesus, and they have another spirit. They are embracing ancient heresies. They are theological liberals. And what we're seeing now is mainstream Christianity, and I use that word mainstream, because for the most part, mainstream Christianity has become churchianity. It has gone into Babylon with its ecumenical agenda with its World Council of Churches, we now have apostate evangelicism, which we can call and use and identify by the name, you know it, Laodicea. But I'm here to tell you that our God is greater than any plan of the enemy. The King of kings and the Lord of lords is upon his throne, and he will allow so much for so long, and he will say it is enough. But until that time, we know that our Father will use calamity, which are inflicted by the thorns, okay? He will use calamity and calamities to gain the attention of the people. I'm going to give you a few scriptures, but I'm not going to turn there because I'm trying to watch my clock because I still have quite a bit of area to cover here. And I've commented on Ezekiel 5, 17 in the past, also Ezekiel 14, 15, 21, where God said he's going to send some severe judgments among the people, hopefully to gain their attention, hopefully to bring them to their knees, hopefully that they will cry out to God in true repentance and he will have mercy on them. But those four severe judgments described in the book of Ezekiel with the scriptures I just gave you, are four. One is famine, two are wild beasts, three plagues, and fourth the sword. Now we know what famine when God breaks the staff of bread. We know that food will be used, it will be weaponized. And we see this happening now with what's going on in Ukraine. The bread basket that was that can feed the world now has been shut down. The grain will not be going out. And the wild beast that Ezekiel speaks of in many places in scripture when God uses uh, the term wild beast, it says in uh, the book of Ezekiel 14, 15, it says that the wild beasts, listen to this, seek to depopulate the land. It says they will depopulate the land. What does that sound like? And then plagues speaks for itself. We know that contagions are are being uh, spoken about. We've seen what went on with the COVID experiment. Uh, And also then, of course, the sword, which is always symbolic of war. Jesus spoke of this, war and rumors of war. So we see these judgments upon our land now, and we see that they will be growing again. I'm going to say this because I want to keep this um, on a positive note as much as possible. God can and will use calamities inflicted by these thorns who proceed from the bramble bush, the fallen ones, to gain the attention of the people. Now, as we have talked about the 2030 agenda in the past, I just want to comment on that just for a minute. Again, these individuals may plan things, but ultimately our Father, nothing escapes his eyes, and whatever they are allowed to do 
It is by Father's permission, again, because he's not willing that any should perish. He is wanting everyone and anyone to cry out because today is the day of salvation, beloved. If, if you have gone astray, if you have loved ones that have gone astray, neighbors that have gone astray, we need to be ready to present the gospel when the Spirit of the Lord prompts us because these globalists who mention the year 2030 have a time frame of about seven years. Now, we don't know if this number is going to change. 2030 is what they have declared. It's not necessarily what God has declared. If God declares something, he puts it in his word. So I want to emphasize God's word tonight. But if we understand that it's going to take another crisis or calamities or crises if we understand that more are coming and it will be more pervasive than the COVID pandemic, these things must take place for the elites to get what they want to reach their 2030 goals. So the two things that I have written down, and only God knows, I don't know what they're going to look like. Climate lockdowns are, are certainly something that they could use and certainly Secondly, the release of a catastrophic contagion, which we're beginning to hear more and more about. Now, we all know that there was talk of eliminating the use of cash, even during the COVID pandemic. I can remember hearing and reading about it because they were trying to tell the people, well, this virus could be on the physical dollars and we have to get the cash away from the people. Well, their goal is to abolish cash and to eliminate all privacy for the citizens and the freedom of the population. Why? Because they can't control them as long as they have cash to use. So as the BRICS nations are moving away from the greenback in trade and the US dollar is losing its buying power through inflation and loss of reserve status, it's going to become easier to convince the population to abandon cash for digital replacement. So climate lockdowns, the release of catastrophic contagions, uh, the death of the dollars, world reserve currency would and could push Americans. Now I'm broadcasting obviously from the U.S. It could push Americans and other nations into accepting the use of these central bank currencies. And these are, in fact, I'm being told, I've heard today, are being introduced now in some places. And so they have to remove the elites, who I'm going to call thorns because I believe they fit the picture perfectly, tormenting the people of God, piercing them through with sorrows, and they're only good for burning. They will meet their maker. Let me tell you that. God will have justice. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord, beloved. I know we become angry when we hear about what they're doing. But let's be reminded of the king who said, I have already overcome. Let's be reminded that Jesus sits above it all. He knows what they're planning. He knows what they're doing. And he knows that even this he can use for his own glory. And we have to remember the word of God is being fulfilled. Jesus said every jot and tittle is going to be fulfilled. He will and is fulfilling his word. And so to expedite this cashless system, the small businesses would have to be removed. 
And so that is was their plan during COVID. That will be their plan again, leaving only the major corporations who then could refuse cash as a means of payment from the consumers. So artificial intelligence based monetary systems will be used by Antichrist, by the beast system to search, to identify anyone who has tried to find a way around the system, who want to remain anonymous, it will monitor, it seeks to monitor all your transactions and will gather all your personal information. Now we know this, but if we're talking about, again, choices people make, all right? The AI chat box, the artificial intelligence chat box are going to provide the public, and probably already are, with prescribed monitored information. Again, this is not information that is full of truth. This is information that is monitored within the parameters of the data that's allowed by the elitists, okay? So people have chosen and will choose Antichrist and his AI system, his mark, his, quote, privileges, and that which he will use to entice the people into accepting his mark and worship, which is what he seeks. So we know that 2030 agenda includes their human rights document. Well, there are no human rights under this system that is coming in. And it's becoming, as you know, like a technological socialism. We know it is the reset, the fourth industrial revolution. It will be the beginning of an age of feudalism in which we see oligarchs and peasants, all right? We know that the central bank will utilize an ESG score. And along with artificial intelligence, it will be determining how your digital dollars can be used. So in the meantime, God has placed watchmen in his house. As I said earlier, I'm going to come back to this. The Lord Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, also has his people stationed at specific places at this specific time to warn his people to call the lost to come in to that place we call the strong tower, the Lord Jesus Christ, through which there is salvation in no other. So in biblical days, the watchmen who were on the wall of the city could recognize different kinds of troops coming in. They were at an elevated place. We all know about uh, the book of Habakkuk. He said, I'm going to stand upon the watch. I'm going to record the vision. I'm going to write down what I see. Well, they saw different riding trains and chariots coming from a distance. I want to talk about that for a minute because God's true watchmen, his true messengers, are going to see these things. Number one, there's three kinds of groups I want to comment on in biblical days. Again, he saw those coming in on camels. So the group coming in on camels, okay, in biblical terminology and in Bible days, we know that um, people rode upon camels. But let me say something about camels. They are never fully tamed. They're unpredictable. They're easily distracted. And they eat anything, okay? Camels, by nature, they spit, they kick, they bite, 
and they can be completely unresponsive to their owner. Now, we know from the book of Genesis, in chapter 24, that Rebecca, the bride, right, was riding upon them through the wilderness, and then she lights off the camel when she sees Isaac, okay? Boy, there's a lot to be said there. So the first group that the watchman sees are those who are on camels or those associated with this type of um, the people. I mean, we know that there are many, sadly, in the church that are feeding on stuff that's nothing but wood, hay, and stubble. They're feeding on straw. They're, they're drinking the dregs, and, um, and it's a sad situation. Now, the, the second group of people that the watchman could see if he was on the wall he could see that there were some upon asses and donkeys, okay? And these different groups are described in Isaiah 21.7. We can see asses or donkeys. So this group of people represents those who are somewhat domesticated, but this group is stubborn, hot-tempered, and soulish. Resemble a horse, but they're actually a mixture. Okay, but the ass or donkey was a worker. It carried burdens and supplies. But listen to this. The ass could not ascend the mount with Abraham and Isaac. Do you remember that? When Abraham told his men, he said, stay down here. The ass, the donkey, stay down there. My son and I are going up to worship and we'll come back to you again. But the ass or the donkey... All right, this hot-tempered, soulish group who are a mixture, it says, God recorded this for us, beloved. They don't ascend the mount in Genesis 22.5. Now, the final group that the watchman sees on the wall of the city, again, because God has placed watchmen strategically to talk to us about what is happening now, to interpret are the drivers and the chariots, and a horse has a bit and a bridle in the mouth. Now, you and I know about what James had to say about the bit and the bridle, right? Okay, so we're talking about a group of people, horsemen, who are well-trained and they advance quickly, okay? Horses in scripture symbolize conquest, spiritual warfare, strength, and that which is victorious in battle. That's Joel 2.4. So, The watchmen can see these groups of people and recognize what kind of groups are coming along and the nature of them. Isaiah 21, 6, God said, go set a watchman. Let him declare what he sees. He said, son of man, I made you a watchman to the house, Ezekiel 3. Therefore, hear the word at my mouth. Give them a warning. Okay, so there's a lot that can be said about a watchman. And Another thing that is important is the watchman is balanced. He can see both the positive and the negative. He looks for the morning first, the light arising, but he also sees the night, the darkness. But his focus is not on the night, according to Isaiah 21, 11, and 12. He watches for the day star rising. He's watching for the light to rise. He's watching for understanding to come into the hearts of the people of God. He's watching for the light, of course, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's watching for the light because he has a lamp that's full of oil. In modern-day terminology, you may have a really nice flashlight, but if you don't have batteries inside that work, 
It does you no good. It serves no purpose. So we have to have oil for our lamps. And God instructed his people in the Old Testament. He said, make the watch strong. So the watchmen were prepared, um, and there were different watches of the night. And we know that Nehemiah appointed watches of the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Now, the watchman also was in the tower of the vineyard. Now, we talked about the vine earlier. The vine didn't want to rule over the other trees because it it wanted its own um, exhilarating experience that came from the wine. In other words, a type of the abuse of Pentecost and the gifts of the Spirit. In fact, Here's another teaching altogether for those of you that want to dig and search. You're going to be blessed by this. Isaiah 28, 1 to 13. Jesus took quite a bit of um, time in talking about the drunkards of Ephraim. He talked, which is for us a type of the abuse of Pentecost and the gifts of the Spirit and the priest and the prophet who have erred through the strong drink. Now, we're talking about the vineyard. We know that wine is produced at the vineyard. But sadly... The Lord has recorded for us that the priest and the prophet have erred through strong drink. He said they're swallowed up by wine. They're out of the way through strong drink. He said they err in their vision and they stumble in judgment. In other words, they're so intoxicated by their own success. They're intoxicated by a worldly spirit. And then the Lord is very graphic again, just reminding us that this is just like the day in which we live. Go back and look now, Isaiah 28, 1 to 13. He said, all the tables are full of vomit, filthiness. There is no place clean. The Lord is describing the tables, the places of communion where his people dine. And this, when we read about something, uh, you know, as um, graphic as the word vomit, we know what Jesus said to the church of Laodicea. If you don't repent, I'm about to vomit you out of my mouth. So, when we talk about the vineyard and we talk, that, talk about the fact that it is a place where uh, wine is produced and we know that it's a good thing and we know that this is um, when it's the Lord's vineyard, we know that, um, that there is pruning that, going, that goes on. We know that grapes are picked and they're eaten when they're ripe and Wine is a symbol of the life and the power of the Holy Spirit. It is symbolic of Pentecost, but sadly, there's been an abuse in the age in which we live because of the heretics, because of the individuals involved in immorality and apostasy. And I'm going to call them thorns because the Bible calls them that. So the word of God tells us in Isaiah 65, 80, says the new wine is in the cluster. So we're talking about a corporate anointing here, right? A bunch of grapes is a cluster, right? New wine is symbolic of the kingdom and the truth of God's kingdom. And transformation, as you know, is what God's goal, all of us. He takes the water of earth and he transforms it into the wine of heaven. That was the very first miracle that Jesus performed. Now, the watchman who's in the tower of the vineyard is able to see some things also. And he was watching for something, too. He was watching for locusts, all right? So in Scripture, when you see locusts, primarily in the Old Testament, these locusts come in in large numbers. 
and they could ruin the crops that were growing. And so from a distance, they actually can even look or sound like rain. It's kind of a fluttering kind of sound. And they may be beautiful to behold in light. But let me just make the comment here. That which may be beautiful or looks or sounds like rain, guess what? It may look or sound like God, but it could be devastating. Therefore, God's watchmen, his people that he has placed in strategic places, if they are doing their job, they're going to be warning, they're going to be watching for these locusts to come and will strip and devour and ruin the crop that is growing. What else did the watchman look for? He also was watching for beasts, okay? The Song of Solomon talked about beasts, such as the little foxes that spoil the vine. These foxes would come in and get under the vines and go after the little tender grapes that were growing. But if a watchman is in the tower of the vineyard, if he's watching and if he's aware of what these foxes look like, Jesus called Herod a fox, by the way. If they're watching, they're going to be warning the people. Um, another thing these watchmen were walking, watching for were thieves. <clears throat> Jesus tells us in the book of John that there are those who try to climb in dishonestly. Jesus revealed himself as the door. I am the door for the sheep. So thieves will try to climb in dishonestly, and there will be those who try to fleece the sheep or steal the sheep. This is happening now in the day in which we lived. It was happening at the time in the Old Testament and also at the time, (coughs) excuse me, in the day of Jesus. He talked about those who come in, wolves with sheep's clothing. Fourthly, the watchman, if he's doing his job, if he's in the, in the tower at the vineyard, he's also watching for neglect, all right? There are those who are at ease in Zion, Proverbs 24, 30 to 34, and Amos 6, 1, woe to those who are at ease in Zion. Through neglect, the people are not warned. It is because of neglect of false shepherds, it is because of neglect and misuse of God's great commission, and instead of God's leaders and his people making disciples in his image, they have made disciples in their own image, according to their own ministry, according to what they say their denomination dictates, or according to their own likeness, all right? So there is neglect because People are not being taught the precepts of God. They're being taught the inventions of men. Anything goes. Again, um, Jotham and this this whole scenario in the book of Judges chapter 9, it was during the time of apostasy. Anything goes. Any man is doing what is right in his own eyes. They say we have no law. Anything goes. But what they don't know and what we need to know is that individuals who do not find that place of safety, who are not following and gleaning from faithful watchmen, they are in fact being set up for the lawless one. Beloved, we are under the law of Christ, the spirit of the Lord, 
has brought us into his law. Uh, and the law of liberty in Christ has made us free from the law of sin and death. And because of the idolatry, because of the immorality that has crept into the church, uh, again, because the people are not being warned, because locusts have come in and they're stripping away the foundations of the faith, they have departed from the ancient past. We are seeing these things happening in our own day. And I want to read something now to you from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 2, verse 13. And through the prophet Jeremiah, Jesus says in chapter 2, 13, he said, My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and they've cut out or hewn for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Now we know that the Bramble King, Antichrist, the beast system, false prophet, want you to come under their shadow, want you to trust in them, their decrees, want to beat you into submission, But I want to just say that what Jesus has spoken is going to come to pass. Jesus has desired that we bear fruit. And so because grapes are picked, okay, and eaten when they're ripe, and because we are in the time of the harvest, the fields are white unto harvest, we need to remember, beloved, I know I want to encourage you with this now, that when you belong to Jesus Christ, when you are born from above, When you have made him Lord and Master, you have declared him publicly. You are abiding in him. You're walking with him. We need to understand that there will be pruning of the branches. And pruning is not punishment, all right? It stimulates growth and fruit production in us. Jesus told us that in John 15, too. And pruning will cause our roots, okay, to go deeper into the soil of God's word, right? And nutrients can be extracted from that. That's Colossians 2.7. Pruning causes the roots to grow deep into the soil. And when the crushing comes, now when I, I talk about crushing, remember grapes and olives both had to be crushed because God wants a harvest and he knows there's something absolutely miraculous that he's doing on the inside of his people. And crushing is painful and it comes before the pouring out. And as we are submitted to the Lord himself, as we know Jesus, too, had to go to (coughs) Gethsemane, which means oil press, we really don't know what's inside of us until we are crushed. So the pressure that you are facing, the pressure that I am facing, is revealing what we truly are, our true character, And the Lord will allow trials and tribulation and testing, as we all know Jesus promised us. In the world, you will have tribulation. But he knows what's on the inside of us. So when these crushing circumstances, trials, difficulties, testing, financial situations, medical issues, relationship 
issues that press in upon us, what's really on the inside of us is going to come out. So this is the work of Gethsemane, the oil press. And now there's another part of the harvest and the making of wine. So there has to be filtering and isolation that goes on in the wine cellar. Now, many of us know the loneliness and the isolation and the reality of walking with Christ. That road is narrow. And the isolation is absolutely necessary in the production of wine and in the filtering to make wine fit for consumption. It had to be filtered from vessel to vessel. Why? Because the deep settlements of the lees, okay, lees are sediments, those deep areas of sediment in our lives, okay, the things in our nature that are unholy, that God wants to get those things out, all right? So he's working on every one of us. These deep settlements, the sediment has to be dislodged. And you can read about that in Jeremiah 4811. So the preparation in filtering and isolation in the production of wine, okay, that separation process is going to produce the desired bouquet, which is the taste and the seasoning. It's the perfume, the scent of Jesus' own likeness and character. Again, I have a lot of scripture here I don't have time to go to. I'm happy to send you the notes if you want them. So with wine being symbolic of the Holy Spirit, the power, the life, and the joy of the Holy Spirit that arises from his own life. And again, wine was also called the blood of the grape. Jesus' life was poured out for us. And what did he tell us? He said, greater love has no man than this. Than what? Then he lay down his life for his brethren. Should we expect that he would ask nothing less from us, beloved, that we too would have our life poured out for others, that we too would be subjected to the crushing, the pressure, so that we could be poured out and actually bring joy and life and uh, the very nature and the transformation that is taking place within us now. Remember, he's changing the vessels of earth filled with water, he's transforming us into his very own image. And the wineskin that the Bible talks about is that old structure, okay, the container many times of, the, of life that has to be poured out, but old bottles can't hold new wine. He tells us that in Luke chapter 5. So We need a new structure. We need a new container. We must be born again by the Spirit of God. And the basic wineskins for the wine apply to us. First of all, it applies to us as an individual, and we are spirit, soul, and body, right? And it also applies to the home and the family. So there is a wineskin that we can look at a model, if you will, for the home and family. God is bringing his people's homes into order. And so homes that are out of order, God knows how to bring us into order as we submit to his pressure and the pressing and the crushing that must come so that life can flow out of us, not only through our lives, but life comes out of the the home 
where the husband and wife and children are in order. And then finally, the wineskin is also a type of the local church and, in fact, is the proving ground of God's legitimate ministry. In the Old Testament, we know uh, a vine, again, was a type of Israel. In the New Testament, Jesus and his kingdom. And he is the true vine, beloved. And those branches, the believers, you and I are joined to him. And wild branches can be grafted in. And Jeremiah 2.21 warns us, and we have to be reminded, there are also degenerate plants of a strange vine. Again, thistles and thorns, because Abimelech, the bramble king, has these runners that proceed uh, from that entity. And he's, and in Jeremiah 2.21, God addresses the fact, I planted you as a noble vine. Why then am I seeing a degenerate vine? Beloved, we are seeing this because we're at the end of the age. We're seeing evil increasing. So with regard to the vineyard and the fruit bearing, let me just say that God has set his people in places where they need to be. And he is exhorting us to have faith in him and not to place our faith or our trust in a governing entity, in any individual who makes promises, but they're deceitful promises. And it causes God's people to be caught in a snare God doesn't want our faith to waver, okay? He wants, in fact, he said in Isaiah, let's see, 28, uh, 13, what happens when we waver? Well, Isaiah answered that. He said that they go forward, they fall backward, they're broken and snared and taken, so he doesn't want us to look back. Jesus said, no man having put his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom. Hebrews 10.23, he wants us to hold fast the profession of our faith in him, not in a system, not in an organization, not in a denomination, not in a movement, all right, because some of these things that may look like it's God is not God. Friends, we have to trust him, and we have to ask Jesus to show us where there's deception, where there's heresy, where the spirit of error has crept in because it has permeated churchianity. Hebrews 10:23 Hold fast beloved the profession of your faith without wavering because God is faithful who has promised you who has promised me every promise in the word of God is true the just live by faith we place that not in the shadow of Egypt not in any individual or system that comes along we place and we trust our salvation, our hope, and our faith in no one but the King of kings and the Lord of lords. In Song of Solomon 2, verse 2, Jesus says that the one he loves is like a lily among the thorns. Beloved, if you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, if you are his, I promise you he will keep you He is the strong tower that you can run to. He is the well, like Jotham found in the desert where it's dry, found a place of refuge there. You, in fact, are a lily among the thorns, and he is your keeper. And also in the Song of Solomon um, 2, 3, 
the beloved bride or the, the woman says to him that she takes great delight in his shade and his fruit is sweet to her taste. Salvation, the gospel message, beloved, is good news. We are being bombarded with bad news, with evil tidings by wicked men, by thorns who are proceeding from the bramble bush. But Jesus gives us hope, beloved, and he says, I say to you, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So those who are born again can not only see the kingdom of God, they can see and understand and perceive the parables that God has placed in his word for us because they have eyes to see and ears to hear, because they have oil in their lamps, because they have batteries in their flashlight, and because they know, as Jesus said, oh, this is a good one, John 3:17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That is great news. Jesus said, and the apostles uttered in Acts 4, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name given under heaven by which men must be saved. In the book of Romans, whoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Beloved, it's as simple as calling out to the the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation, for help, for deliverance, to have mercy upon us in the situation we find ourselves in. Because if we confess the Lord Jesus with our mouth, if we believe that God has raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. Why? Because with the heart, we believe under righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Beloved, we're saved through faith. It is the gift of God, not of works. All have sinned, but again, if we have salvation in Christ, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. For the Lord has saved us, delivered us from the law of sin and death. And so, my brothers and sisters, as we see things unfold, as God continues to give us grace to see, to have eyes to see, ears to hear, remember that everyone the Lord Jesus loves, whom he has ransomed by his own blood, who calls him Lord, Master, and King, who is abiding in the vine, remember what he says of you. He says, you are like a lily among the thorns. And with that, I'll close. And I say, thank you, John. And God bless you, brothers and sisters. Amen and amen. Amen. Praise God. That's awesome, Terry. Thank you so much. And folks, also, if you want to uh, grab uh, your own personal copy of the, um, you know, the, she, Terry does an unbelievable job putting together study notes. And, um, you know, not only can you contact her at a word in due, D-U-E, season, um, at gmail. I'm sorry, seven 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 at gmail.com. But 
or go to our website, awordinduseason.com. But also, just as an FYI, um, you can go to tribulation-now.org. And at the very, you'll see a whole bunch of links at the top. You know, they're white on black links at the top of the page. Now, if you're using a mobile device, you're going to have to click the three bars and search your way down to it. But if you're using a laptop or whatever, you'll see a link that says Terry Hill. I am I put it at the very end, so it'd be like super duper easy to find it. And all of those notes are published there in PDF format, so you can go back, listen to the program, follow along, and then deep dive um, into the actual scriptures to you know hopefully and i would i would expect nothing less uh to to have uh, you know deeper revelations brought to you as you seek the lord and pray about everything that terry has brought to us uh in in just an amazing teaching again so praise god thank you terry so much for joining us again this month we so many people look forward to it. I get emails constantly. And you know what? It's my bad. Please forgive me. Sometimes I get so busy, I just forget to send them to you. But I, I can believe you, just take my word for it. I get a lot more than you're even aware of. So, um, you know, it's it's amazing how, how, how touched people are by your work. And I just wanted to say a special word of thanks. And again, happy birthday. We really appreciate you joining us. Well, thank you, John. It's it's a blessing. And God bless you, my brothers and sisters. Good night. Good night, everyone. Praise Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We got through all the news uh, that was worthwhile mentioning. Unfortunately, it's not especially good, but fortunately, it is not especially good. I know that sounds like a paradox, but in reality, it's not. Because isn't it cool that Jesus said if those days had not been cut short, no flesh would be saved? Yeah, so we're living in the days that will be cut short, and that means, probably means, pretty imminent departure for the for the group of us. And so please do remember to pray for me. I will be praying for you, and I thank you all. Pray for Terry. Pray for Pipes International. God bless you all. We will see you Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Lord willing, God bless you for joining us tonight. And again tribulation-now.org, and scroll down until you find the link for Terry Hill, and the show notes will be there. Thank you, Terry. God bless you all.
I shall lift my obedient children to the clouds, for they shall see my glory.